You need a phone system for your practice, but most of the options out there are just going to leave you breaking all sorts of HIPAA regulations, most of which you might not even know about. So whether you're communicating with your clients or about your clients internally between your team members, you need to make sure that your client's information is completely secured. So meet Spruce, a HIPAA-compliant communication system that offers secure client calling, messaging, telemedicine, and even team chat. Spruce even signs business associate agreements at no extra charge for you. Spruce is completely dedicated to one thing, making sure that you, your team, and your clients are completely covered. Spruce is a fantastic alternative, a fantastic option for your phone system. And I highly, highly recommend uh, getting in touch and seeing if this is the product for you. Get 20% off your first year of Spruce using the link sprucehealth.com forward slash PPW. Again, that's sprucehealth.com forward slash PPW. All right, we've got a great show for you today. Let's dive in. All right, Marisa, welcome to the show. Um, also, thanks for your patience with me this morning. Um, life gets real, and it's a short, it was a long weekend and a short week, and <laughs> I just forgot to send you the podcast prompts, which could be important uh, for some people, but I was saying that I'm lucky that therapists are quite forgiving. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think. you know... I- I, I think it comes with the territory, right? You know, I mean, I myself not being a therapist, but having spent an awful lot of time with, or a wonderful amount of time with this community, <laughs> um, really loves that, you know, we lead with our humanness and we have to, you know, find that way, that middle ground between being really understanding and saying, well, gosh, we're just all trying to make this work. We're trying to make our systems function. And at the same time, say, hey, listen, this is what I need in order to feel safe and ready. And, you know, you and I have chatted before, and I definitely feel safe and ready and excited just to dive in and see where this conversation takes us. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate that perspective a lot. Um, I I think that a lot of people and therapists in particular probably struggle with this feeling of like everyone else has it all together or everyone else has the perfect practice or um, makes a million dollars a year or whatever it is. And so I'm like, I'm really <laughs> trying to dismantle that a little bit through my conversations and my work. And even this morning is a good example of like, you know what, I wasn't very ready for this. And I'm a little <laughs> tired this morning and things are kind of messy. And my cat threw up in the other room right before the episode. So I'm like, I clearly don't have it all together, but I'm still, <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to do my thing and, and um, offer what I can. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and in my world, I see it so much as people are saying like, oh my gosh, I have, I have website shame. My copy totally sucks. I, you know, I don't feel like, uh, you know, there's typos everywhere. I, I don't even know what an editorial calendar is. Don't, why do you say those evil words to me, Marisa? You make (laughs) me feel sad, you know, and, and it's all about that level of starting with where you are, recognizing where you are, saying like, okay, like right now I'm stepping over cat vomit or right now I'm dealing with a website that my sister's cousin's neighbor's uncle made for me. And in, you know, 2013, that's where I am right now. I'm not going to have the ultimate. (laughs) I refer to that one a lot in pretty much those exact terms. But it's like your your neighbor's friend's cousin cousin's right. little sister 
Yes, just, in yeah. the basement before ninth grade. Like, yeah, yeah you know. It was her, um, her first Word, WordPress site, but it was pretty good, and you liked the colors, and, you know, you gave her lunch money for it. and Yeah, and um, she only used a few hearts when she dotted the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, just subtle, <laughs> subtle hearts. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it's this feeling of like, you know, everyone else has it all together or this feeling of I'm behind. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also yeah. really aware of that when I do this podcast of, I, I know when I've listened to podcasts, sometimes I can walk away feeling like, cool, I've got new information. Great. I'm empowered, this and that. But a lot of other times I'm like, oh my God, I'm so behind. I have so much to do. I need to do SEO. I need to do my web copy. I need new headshots. And that's the last thing I want therapists to to feel um, when they are interacting with with a private practice workshop. And um, so again, they, like in this podcast, we really try to just deliver something kind of bite-sized, but still meaningful. And also with the disclaimer of, hey, you're probably not going to do this thing today, but maybe add it to your list somewhere. Don't feel overwhelmed by it right now. There's always going to be more to do in your practice. Um, and I, th- I think that'll lend itself well to today, which is that a lot of therapists know that they could have stronger copy on their websites, right? Or, or, or write better or do more writing or just, you know, mm-hmm. express themselves differently um, through writing. So I'm, I'm really curious just as to kind of what you have to share with us about that. And also I know you made um, kind of a pivot of your own recently that I'd love to hear a little bit about and and you can kind of catch our listeners up on that as well. Sure. Um, You know, just the first part of your question and thinking about, you know, the work that I offer, the work that I do is both copywriting and writing coaching. And Mm -hmm. that is by design in the sense that not everything that I do is for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on where you are. Because, you know, I have focused more on one than the other at various parts of my career and ultimately recognized I need to be doing both because the people that I love to work with need me to help show up for them at different times in different ways. Mm. And so like oftentimes it starts with like, okay, if you're basic website copy just isn't doing it. It's not representing who you are. It's not speaking to your ideal client. It's not telling any sort of coherent story that makes anybody excited to reach the end of a page. We got to start there because that's sort of that fundamental piece. Because if your if your website isn't saying what you need it to, it's really hard to get it to convert and blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't matter how perfect the pictures are. It doesn't matter how well, you know, the SEO guy did his job. If the copy itself isn't there to interact with a human who needs you, who's looking for your help. And then the other side of that comes into, you know, I think there's many therapists who are, um, either they, they are writers or they're frustrated writers or they're, you know, they're creative beings who have not necessarily been given the time and the space and the permission to really express themselves. I think it gets kind of washed out of of everybody during graduate school and writing those papers and that specific style. And what's your voice at the end of all that? That often gets lost. But I know so many of my clients are those who are seeking that voice to come back, whether it's, you know, that the, when they used to be a creative writing major in undergrad, or they've kept a journal their entire lives, or they just really appreciate, um, a good story and want to be able to express their own because they know they have expertise and insight to share. That's when I meet people as, as the writing coach and say, listen, let me walk next to you while you do this writing. And I help you get out of the tangles and get out of the weeds and help you understand like, this is what makes 
a blog post interesting and relevant and and worth your time because that's so much of this too is saying like okay we have a finite amount of energy we have a finite amount of time we want to still do all these other amazing things that make us vibrant beings how do you fit in that kind of basic marketing job of writing copy and you know working with somebody to do that for you and then on the other end of that spectrum, how do you fit in creating a writing practice that is sustaining of your business and sustains you and makes you feel good opposed to being another, oh, should, ugh, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> shoulds are everywhere. Yeah. Um, they're, they're absolutely everywhere. So how a lot of therapists become kind of averse to writing. And I do think for some people, academia has a, has a role in that, right? Or it's kind of like, um, I remember when I... Uh, I started playing drums when I was like in fourth grade and I was just exploring and doing it on my own and playing on pots and pans and I didn't know the rules or that I was breaking all the rules. And um, when I started playing, let's say at school and learning to to read music and all that came with that and learning the right and wrong way to do it, it kind of changed my relationship with it, right? And I, and I came home at the end of the day and didn't necessarily want to keep playing drums because it was it had become regimented. There was a right and wrong way to do it. And... Um, it, it, you know, it just kind of changed my relationship with drumming and with, with music. And I had to work myself away from that eventually when I left, you know, when I stopped playing in that organized fashion and got, found my, 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 my creative style again and my relationship with drumming again. So how, how do you help therapists through that part of just reconnecting with writing, knowing that for a lot of us, it's something we've enjoyed at some part, at some point in our lives, but also it has been kind of a, a major task or, um, an anxiety provoking task for many of us. So how do you work with therapists through that part? Oh, I love this question. Um, you know, for me, I often, what I offer people is the, the invitation to do the self-focused first draft. And that is, it may be in your journal. If you're somebody who has, has had an ongoing journaling practice, it's now, it, it's, it's just remembering that that is an important part of, of who you are. And it may also become an important part of how you want to tell your professional story. If you're someone who hasn't had a journaling practice at all, it's that first invitation to say like, okay, I'm going to sit with a blank page. I'm going to pick up a notebook. I'm going to open a new document on my laptop mm -hmm. and I'm just going to write. And, you know, it's called writing practice. Um, Natalie Goldberg is one of the um, real pioneers in this. That's, you know, a timed writing practice often with a prompt, sometimes just, this is how I'm feeling today, and making your pen move for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And you may start repeating over and over again, I don't know what to write, writing sucks, I hate this, I hate this. And you may also find that really powerful and important ideas start to flow. Mm -hmm. And so when you can start there and just saying like, okay, in and of itself, trying this for 10 minutes has some value. I don't even know what the value is yet, but I think I'm going to give this a shot. That's one of the and, hard parts. Again, and going, I've, I'm running this busy practice, or I've got employees, right. I've got to do my billing as well, and going, mm -hmm. I need this thing to work for me to right away. Like, I need an amazing blog post to come out of this. So we've got to break free from that, is what you're saying, and oh, just allow absolutely. ourselves to kind of play. The pressure to sit down and say, I'm now going to produce an amazing blog post? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it... it Eventually, you get to the point where it's a lot simpler to sit down and and churn out a blog post or, you know, develop into a blog post. I think it's the churning that often causes so much of the stress. But it's in this beginning phase of saying, I'm going to give myself permission to do some free writing, just a self-focused first draft on this thing 
that keeps coming up for me, whether it's a personal issue, whether it's a common theme you see emerging in practice and, and, and people keep coming in with, whether it's something out of the news that you know has a stranglehold on people and is, is somehow affecting the way they're moving through the world every day. So when you get that's really interesting because I think uh, a lot of therapists don't necessarily think about that as uh, as a topic right off the bat, but pulling in something that's happening now or something that's even relevant to, let's say, like the time of year, whether it's the holidays and you want to write about that or isolation on the holidays or your own feelings about it and what holidays bring up for you. Um, but I, that's an amazing source of, of ideas and of also providing something that is really relevant uh, and very salient to what's already occurring. And so it takes some of that pressure off to, to, to completely invent something that's, that's unique, that hasn't been done before. Um, and I think it can also position you in that kind of expert role, if that's what you want, or like how to talk to your kids about, mm-hmm. gosh, I don't know, like the threat of a hurricane or, and, and all mm-hmm. the, the stuff that's happening, um, you know, in our country right now, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. Yeah. Well, you know what this, you know, you're, you're pointing to is kind of the next step for me is that after you start getting familiar with just saying like, I can start doing a little bit of writing. It's then giving yourself permission to start looking at the world like a storyteller mm-hmm. and that you are, you know, we, of course, all of your listeners are observant people who are constantly looking at, at signals and symbols and what people are saying to them and taking in that information and and marinating in it and being really present, right? But the next piece is to say, I'm going to do that magic that I already do in my practice when I'm holding my space for my clients. And I'm also going to recognize this same skill can be extended into my writing. Because you're already looking around the world and processing everything. And it is now going to that next stage of saying, I'm going to start thinking about how I can tell this story in a way that's important to my readers, to my potential clients, to my current clients. And that's where it gets really sort of exciting. And you start to recognize that there is a relationship between your everyday life and what you're already thinking about between the practice you're trying to build and the people you're trying to pull in because they're worried about this stuff too. And this idea of when I sit down to write, my thoughts become clearer. And there's something magic. When I sit down to write, my thoughts become clearer. Yeah. So, I mean, we all think about, you know, that those great inspirations that hit us were in the the shower, right? Like that's a moment of usually like just of there's not a lot going on except you and hot water. And and that's where a lot of inspiration starts to flow. And so sometimes you hear people say, oh, my God, I was washing my hair and I thought of this thing. And they're able to explain it. And then at other times, I know this happens to me is like, oh, my gosh, I stepped out of the shower and then I nearly tripped over the cat. Kids were screaming. I lost my mind and completely <laughs> forgot about that brilliant thing I had been thinking about. But when you're sitting down in front of a blank piece of paper, you're able, you're obviously you're capturing each thought as, as it's getting put on the page. But there's a way in which the brain itself starts to recognize patterns when you can let go of one idea, you know, as you're instead of like you're in the shower, okay, I gotta remember this and this and this. There's three steps to this thing. Okay, okay, I'll remember that when I get out. Okay, once it's on paper, your mind can put it down and release it and move on to the next idea. And then you're able later to, you're able to go back later and start recognizing like, oh, this flowed into this and into this. 
So oh. you're kind of documenting the thoughts or the idea, but also clearing clear, clearing space and making more room for um, for additional thoughts or ideas. It's kind of magical, right? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, and when you allow yourself that kind of freedom, then these sorts of things flow. You know, when you're sitting down to write a blog post and you really are putting yourself that pressure on yourself, say you're going to be like, okay, I got 45 minutes, I'm going to churn out a blog post. You are automatically shutting down the parts of you that are much more open, receptive, can make those other connections and really tap into your creativity rather than the forced productivity that says, I got to get this out there now or else I'll be pissed at myself all day and I won't sit down to try to write another blog post for months. So I think... Yeah, you know, I put something out there at one point or interacted with a therapist, which was like, okay, so what do you do with this downtime in your practice? And there's a lot of ways to fill that time. And I think we struggle with what should I do with that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And one therapist said, well, I know I should blog, but I sit down and let's say I've got 45 minutes. That's just not enough time for me to write a blog post. And I so I had to kind of work with them and say, um, all right, so you have, you know, it's like 45 minutes isn't enough time right now for you to write a blog post, but what's getting in the way? Because in my mind, I'm like, that's more than enough time. Or for my own writing, that's more than enough time. Um, my, so my system, and you can tell me kind of what you think of this, is essentially I have an ongoing list or like a notepad of blog post ideas um, and just article ideas that come to me constantly. <laughs> and in those moments when I'm walking my dog or in the shower or whatever, and I write them down. And then when I have time or am, have planned writing uh, kind of scheduled into my calendar, then I sit down, the idea has already happened. And I look at that list, and I've literally got 20 or 30 ideas. And I just find one that kind of speaks to me that day or that I know I can kind of um, that I know I can complete in let's say 45 minutes or at least a draft. Right. Mm, and right. the other thing with blogging is like it, it, it can be quite imperfect. It can be quite conversational. I think therapists also try to get too technical with it or try to get, um, try to speak so properly. And it's like, I, I write very much in the, the same way that I speak. Uh, like mm-hmm. I use a lot of conjugations. I use mm-hmm. this kind of plain yes. language that I think yes. connects with people. But again, like we have to have systems for this too, because our, like you said, our time is limited. So, well, you've heard about my system, but what do you, what do you recommend for therapists who let's say are just trying to break into blogging a little bit? I really agree with you that 45 minutes is enough time for a draft. I think when people start putting pressure on themselves that they should be able to get from start to finish within 45 minutes, then great. You produced a blog post. Are you proud of it? Is it something you want to really lead with? Is it how do you feel about it? And, you know, this is to say, too, it's totally possible. If you say, hey, I put out something in 45 minutes, it's great. It's fine. It does what it needs to. Oftentimes, and I can speak to who my clients are and my writing coaching clients or those who tend to um, – we may we spend may spend a month working on a blog post because all they know they can not constantly every day, but knowing that you know for them twelve posts a year, it, it's it's good. It, it gives them what they feel they need in terms of their marketing, in terms of their own time for writing practice, and in terms of the process and attention they want to spend on each individual post, and. Um, I think everyone can have different styles. And oftentimes, I know where we are right now in blogging, because, you know, it's changed a lot from those early kind of Wild West days when everybody had the WordPress.com sites to to a period of this kind of like 
micro blogging where, you know, like think about Seth Godin and like how he can do something magical in three sentences to now understanding that when you're thinking about search and you're thinking about, um, you know, what Google prefers, because that is part of the equation here. There's more than ever, there's an emphasis on the 1500, 2000 word posts that have something meaty to them. And you can't churn that out with in 20 and 45 minutes and not make it comprehensible. You know, you can put together, you know, a 400, 700 word, like, Hey, I observed this thing. What do you think in that time? And I do love that you're in that sense of making it conversational. I mean, I, when I go through people's writing, I am just pulling out apostrophe. I'm putting in apostrophes left and right. Like we want to conjugate the heck out of this thing, you know, that's because that's what people want to read. They're, they're skimming through. They want to hear your voice. Um, so this is to say, this is to say there's a lot of different ways to do it. And it often depends on what your goals are ultimately, because if it takes time to put together, I mean, whether it's 45 minutes or whether it's five hours, you are investing your time into this. What do you want out of it at the end? Because otherwise those 45 minutes are kind of wasted. If you're kind of like, oh, I wrote this thing and then I was too embarrassed to even share it. Right. Well, Well, why'd you do it? I really want to push therapists and those listening right now to think about like, what is good enough? Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, man, you will see all sorts of blog posts, you know, that, that for me are imperfect. They're not, um, maybe they weren't even fully, like fully baked ideas, but, um, it got the point across. It was a a somewhat well-developed idea. It's imperfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I don't know, I just think we just get paralyzed by that imperfection. And we look at other people's blogs and compare ourselves and look at those 1500 word blogs. And it's, and it's really hard to, I think, to write one of those and, and have it be a meaningful article and one that people are actually going to read or read more than the first couple paragraphs. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's all good practice. And the only way to get better really is to practice and to keep and to keep trying and have some articles that are not um, that are not amazing. But right. it's a start and it's content and it's honest. Because you gave yourself enough time to do it well enough. You know, I, I think that's that's the the balance here is as I don't want people to get into into perfection paralysis and say, well, if I don't have, you know, four hours a month to love lavish on one post, I shouldn't even try. No, that's not the message here. Instead, it's about saying, I'm putting in the right kind of attention, the right kind of effort that I can afford in my schedule, and that will help me come up with something that, again, that I'm proud of. Because if you're, if you're blogging because you should, and then you don't want anybody to see your writing, and you didn't enjoy the process, and you don't really want anybody to see it, why'd you do it? Mm -hmm. You know? And so... You know, my advice on if you have those 45 minutes, I think oftentimes what is more likely to happen is that you actually have six blog posts worth of ideas and you kind of just like throw them on the paper. Yep. And that is actually the most useless kind of blog post there is because the reader's like, what, what? I, I lost them. I don't, I don't get it. And instead, if you can give yourself permission to write into one single idea Mm. that you want your reader to come away with one thing, that you can do in 45 minutes. But that takes, like, it's like weeding a garden, right? You have to be kind of ruthless. You've got to go in and say, oh, that, that, you know, that particular purple flower doesn't belong here, but it's pretty. Yeah. 
but it's going to eventually completely choke out the tomatoes, right? So you're, you're there in this garden to give people tomatoes, not to also provide them with a bunch of pretty flowers. You got to yank the flowers out and say, those belong over there in a different garden. I'll give them some time another day. And so it's focusing on one single idea in those 45 minutes to say, reader, I understand that you're here right now with this problem. I have this solution or I have this idea about how to look at things differently, or I want to make sure you understand, dear reader, that it's okay you feel this way. You're not alone. Mm. And those right there, like that's an immensely important service you can give to somebody in 45 minutes of your own time, if that's the amount of time you've allotted for blogging. But if you're going to go through and be like, oh my gosh, so I was thinking about this and this and this and this and this, and it's on the page, and then you walk, like click post and walk away, (laughs) and people, then then you didn't do yourself or your reader a service. And that's where I would invite someone to like sit back and say, what's, what's the point of this particular post and what's the point of blogging and what's the point of my writing practice? Mm. This is, um, I'm going to double back here and also laugh at myself because, because I have so much academia like inside of me that does inform my writing and in, in mm-hmm. good and bad ways. But This idea of like how to focus on what is it you're actually trying to have the reader walk away with? What are you, are you trying to convince them of something? Are you trying to inform them? Are you trying to invoke, uh, let's say like reflection. And, um, there's this idea of like in a dissertation or a thesis or something like you have something to profess or you have a thesis, which is kind of like a main idea that you're conveying, you're supporting. Um, and in that case, like you're supporting with research and articles and numbers and this and that. But, you know, in, in our case or in blogging, I think even starting with that, that kind of thesis in the beginning would be a really powerful um, of kind of mechanic for for therapists to think about. Like, what is the result of this blog post intended to be? What am I really professing here? And am I even clear on that? Or am I just writing, you know, six steps for dealing with kids with ADHD just because I feel like I should write that kind of post? You know, it's interesting to look at that idea of that's an academic idea to say I'm sitting down and I want to have a thesis that that professes a certain idea. That's the point of all good writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the point of an editorial, um, you know, in the New York Times. They're going to help people understand this particular opinion and hopefully persuade them to do it. It's the point of ad copy that, you know, you get those long sales letters in the mail that the Dalai Lama is asking for your help. Like you read this because you're eventually going to give him some money. That's persuasive. And you read just, you know, a story that you enjoy that makes you laugh. And the point that the that the writer had was to make you laugh. Like every writer sits down with a goal in mind. So it's not necessarily, um, a bad hangover from, from academia. I think instead that's one of the most important pieces, but it's understanding that instead of proving that we're so smart, which was so much a part of a graduate work, it's instead helping your reader understand themselves a little better. And this is where you start really leading with your humanness, with, with who you are as a clinician, who would, this is what you want to do for, for all of your clients when they come in for a session. You're doing that with this post opposed to impressing them with some big old fandangled idea. Sure. That's not what they need. They need you to come in and say, there's this thing I need you to know. If you understood this, your life would be 
a little bit easier. You'd be able to access a little more joy. You'd be in less pain. Can, can I tell you about this one thing? And that, that's, it's powerful and it's necessary. And that's what you really need to be doing when you're sitting down to write that post. And it may have been something that came through a free writing session or through a couple weeks of journaling that you just got, you, you wrote yourself to that point of like, Oh, this is what I have to say. Now I'm ready to write a blog post. Cause I know what I have to say. The way you just described it, uh, you know, feels like very intimate to me. Like you're kind of singling out this person, which might be your ideal client or whomever, or other therapists. If you write for other therapists and saying, Hey, I've got this thing to tell you. Um, it's important. Here's why it's important. And here's what the thing is. And, you know, here's what I want you to walk away with. And that's, that's just a really neat take on the whole thing because I think again, blogging can feel really impersonal and kind of gimmicky and kind of just like everyone does it and everyone has to do it. And, um, there's just a lot of fluff out there. Right. But I know that something that you do is you really try to help draw out those stories from therapists because the reality is we are living stories. And in therapy, like we're bringing out the stories of our clients, no matter what kind of therapy you do, that's, that's what you're doing, right? You're getting clients to tell their stories and to tell them a bit differently, right. In order to evoke some change. Um, this this idea because when I think of you I think about stories and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously you've done some things to evoke that that pairing in me or in my mind that that's the first thing I think about. So, but I, I wonder if you can say more about how how you look at the world like a storyteller and how therapists can can start to do that um, uh, after listening to this this episode today. Yeah, I I think I'll answer this question by looping back to something that you said. Um, And I very rarely will go out and say, you're doing it wrong. Not you, anyone, I mean. Um, (laughs) If if you're not writing to your ideal client, you're doing it wrong. If you're not writing an intimate letter to someone who you really want to help and serve, you're doing it wrong. And, And as you said, you know, you might be writing to other clinicians. Well, why are you writing a blog post to speak to other therapists? If you yourself are a coach for other therapists, you're writing your ideal client a letter to help them understand their own work, their own lives. And so, you know, there's an automatic intimacy in storytelling because it's all about relationships, right? So it's, I think about it in terms of a triangle, that there's you, the storyteller, with something you know you need to say. There's the audience. And I'm thinking oftentimes it's most helpful to think about an audience of one of that. You know, if you've done your ideal client profile work, you think of that woman in her thirties who is dealing with infertility, for example, and you're writing to her. I mean, you know, call her Samantha and, and know that you're writing to what she needs to understand. And in order to make that effective, we use story. Because human beings love stories. We're wired for story. We know that story is one of the fundamental pieces that created cultures. Like we, the reason we understand tribes and, and, and even and why families stick together is more than just bloodlines. It's because we have a shared narrative and a shared understanding of what the world is about and why we're here. And so when you use story, you're tapping into something really ancient, really fundamental. And it helps people connect with you in a way that, you know, six 
ways to beat stress in the morning when you're getting your kids off to school, eh, as you said, it's fluff. Like there's a lot of those out there, you know, and there's moments in which we do need six tips because, oh my gosh, I can't find my way from packing the lunches to getting everybody's shoes on to making sure that hair's brushed before we get on the school bus. You know, this may or may be part of my story, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, in just that sharing right there, if you, if you want to be writing to the mom who's dealing with the craziness of September and this year wants to get it right because she just despises the way she's screaming at her kids and sending them on the school bus crying every morning. You've got to share a little bit of your own story. And it's funny, I have a tab up right now from one of my writing coaching clients and she's, and the the working title is vulnerability because certainly that's the working title of a lot of our, the work we are all doing is understanding the importance of being vulnerable and sharing something of ourselves, offering a little window. And I'm not talking about the intimate gory details. I'm not talking about too much information. I'm not talking about the unhealed wounds, but I would think that, you know, you'd be able to find peace with sharing the fact that like, you know what, the reason why I know these six ways to get your kids on the bus with, with grace and ease, I know them because I've lived through the hell that was my house before I figured these six things out. So you introduce those six steps with a brief bit of storytelling. I'm not talking about this going on for pages and pages. I mean, it's only so interesting to talk about morning chaos, but it's connecting with, with details that have the element of story to them. It's thinking about, you know, how did you feel? What was, um, you know, what is, what's the setting like? What was something that somebody said, a piece of conversation? Mm. And, you know, in this case, you probably, you could inject some humor into it and say like, okay, I'm trying to laugh at the fact that like we're sticking peas up each other's noses or whatever it is. But ultimately, and you could also, it may be in a different scenario when you're trying to convey a different idea, you really may be offering some real, emotions and real sadness. I'm saying like, this happened, this was tragic and it was so hard to deal with, but this is how I've emerged. Cause there's that beginning and middle and end, right? You've got this beginning of like, Oh my God, I'm a mom struggling, trying to get through this morning in the middle. I tried all these different things. None of them really worked, but now I'm here at this point and this is what I'm doing every day. And this is what's working. This is what I've learned. I want you to know about them too. Mm -hmm. And now you're providing your ideal client with information and news she can use, right? And saying, I'm a human being too, who understands this. And there's this one other piece of blogging that's important to remember as well, is that your ultimate goal is not to fix anyone. Mm -hmm. It's not to solve the problem all the way through. Instead, the ultimate goal is to get them to call you because sure. they're going to realize they can only get so far on their own and they need that personalized support. They need to go through their layers of story and their right. layers of right. real personal difficulty. But you are at least casting at first light to say, I see you and I understand you. And this Absolutely. is how you're going to begin to proceed. Wow. Uh, Marisa, this is this has been fantastic and I think is resonating with a lot of our listeners right now. Um, if, if you had to kind of leave our listeners with one, one thing or one takeaway um, about writing, um, what would it be? And then also, what do you have going on right now and how can therapists uh, get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess my one thing would be kind of looping back to the middle of our conversation is, you know, understanding what you want your writing to do for you, 
and for your business Mm -hmm. and for the people you want to support. Because if you look at writing as another should, you'll either never get to it or when you do get to it, it's not going to provide the results that you're looking for. And when I say results, it's as much about the sense of accomplishment, the sense of, of growing wisdom, the sense of saying, oh, I put this idea on paper and now it can reach more people. And it can, it can, it helps me clarify my own thinking. That is an important piece of this. And if you're in the doing the writing because you gotta, okay, God bless you. Godspeed. You know, I, sure. I wish you all the best, but understand that your writing practice wants to give more to you than that. And when you invite it to do that, a lot of really magical things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that we we start to see our own businesses in a different way. And this is what then gets people to reach into developing those information products, thinking sure. about that book, sure. you know, the, the things that say, wow, I won't necessarily be seeing clients one-on-one forever. And that's really what I want because I want to have a slightly different lifestyle. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. So how can folks get in touch with you? So marisagowdy.com is my main home on the web. Um, Coming up on the first day of autumn on September 22nd, I'm starting my um, seven magic words challenge again. It's something I do every season and it's a series of prompts. It's totally free. Um, That's an invitation to start looking at your language in a different way to look at the words around you to start kind of living with some intention with a specific word every day. Um, it's been my own daily practice for this entire year of 2017. And it's really offered so many gifts. Uh, we did the challenge back in, um, in June. And I know there's people who have been really running with their words, understanding the relationship between them and starting to think sure. about how they inform their businesses. Um, and so that's happening September 22nd. And then at the very end of September, beginning of October, I am uh, opening up a new community for writers that I'm calling the Sovereign Writers Circle. Awesome. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm going to be Uh, gathering together therapists and healers and coaches and people from across the transformation professions. Um, Because I think it's important that we kind of all get into conversation with each other and understand that we're sort of writing in some similar spaces and learn from each other. And it's just opportunities for some group coaching to get an accountability writing partner. I'm going to be pulling in some guest experts each week and giving, I mean, uh, each month. And, um, making time for people to do their own writing practice. So all the details about that are over at my website. Fantastic. Marisa Gowdy, thanks for being here. And um, well, there you have it, folks. Um, That's Marisa Gowdy. So um, yeah, thanks again for being here, Marisa. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too, John. All right. As always, I so appreciate you being here today, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this show on iTunes and go ahead and leave us a review while you're at it. Um, I also want to thank again our sponsor today, Spruce Health. Highly recommend checking them out and you can get 20% off your first year with them at sprucehealth.com forward slash PPW. That's sprucehealth.com forward slash PPW. All right. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time.